number two, Jeff Cameron Show on Alive Nations Friday. Appreciate you tuning on in. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew, in-house as well. As always, great to be with you at J Cameron Show on Twitter. And you can like and subscribe if you're on Warchant.com, Warchant TV. You can like and subscribe that way. Hey, by the way, let me clarify again. Everybody, we're getting used to the new digs. Everybody's wondering how this all works out. Sometimes I see comments in the chat on YouTube, on Warchant TV. People are saying the audio is messed up. We the, YouTube's rules are very, very, very strict. Uh, none of the audio, if we're going to broadcast live the way we want to, can involve you know licensed license songs. So you can't have uh, the folks locally listening to Real Talk Radio 93.3. They get to hear the Who at the beginning. They get to hear the Colt right there and any other bumper that we use. And we have found a way to reincorporate that into the show. But it just means that when you're watching on YouTube, it looks like I'm talking, saying something of importance. I understand why you think that, but it's true. I'm not. I'm not saying anything of any importance right there. We're just keeping you from hearing the audio of the music, and I'm reintroducing the hour. And then as soon as he pipes that down, pipes that down, then you guys join us. So that's that's what's going on there. You're not missing anything. I'm just kind of giving you the particulars of the name of the show and when we're on and all that good stuff while the music plays. And then we catch back up, and we're talking and setting for Warchant TV audience as well as our 93.3, the topics of the day. It's amazing now that we're down to the, the two-hour window for the standard show. There'll be other stuff we do. Yeah, we're, we're going to be doing pregame shows. You we're really got to pick. We're going to be doing a lot of things. Yeah, you got to pick what the heck we're going to talk about. Like Before it was, oh, we'll get to it at this point. We'll get to that at that point. Now it's, well, one, two, and three. Where are we going to go? This has been an easy week in the sense that, I mean, we... Look, you guys have worked hard. Lots of people have worked hard behind the scenes. I don't want to make it sound like that. I'll, I've had to show up and do the show, and, and that's I haven't had to do all the other stuff. So I'm not trying to say it's easy in that sense. But this is a week in which they're putting on the pads, football practice, full bore. We're getting into the season. Preseason began, uh, games began. The, the Knolls are getting after it now. We have our first scrimmage tomorrow. Obviously, the first show this week uh, dedicated primarily to to Bobby Bowden's passing, as it should be. So a lot of things that kind of occupied the two hours this week will get more uh, diverse as the days go by. But it's an easy stretch right now because the passion that we all have for football in general is center stage right now. It's it's right there before you. You have quarterback battles. You have games being played, preseason games, shortened preseason, as we know, from years past, which is nice. And then, of course, we've had the opportunity to answer some questions. By the way, this is one that I think is interesting. Redbird40 asks, Jeff, what are the odds that Milton gets the start against Notre Dame regardless of what happens during camp? Okay, so I think I, that, that I brought this up yesterday. I feel like, yeah, that, that's one way of phrasing it. I think for the most part, barring something dramatic, Mackenzie Milton is going to get the start at quarterback. Now, how about the bulk of the reps? How about the bulk of the offense is going to be short, run through short, him as quarterback? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you want to come out and run some sort of trickeration right off the bat. Maybe you come out there against Notre Dame and Jordan Travis is under center and he gets announced under center, and it's because you want to set something up. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But that first snap doesn't really matter. The truth of the matter is who's going to take the bulk of the reps at quarterback? Yeah, I think the answer is Mackenzie Milton. Barring he has a complete collapse in camp and gets so, you know so outplayed, as to the fact that you you have no choice but to start Jordan Travis. Or he plays moderately, and Jordan just has played that well. You know, it could be a good problem. It could be a bad problem. 
but I would think that it would have to be so drastic. Because you're right, you said it yesterday, the players know. The players know, especially by the time you get to Monday of game week, and, and we've had some of those quarterback battles over the years in which Jimbo would not name it. This is my experience because I've only been covering since Jimbo started. But you wouldn't know the answer until about Monday of game week, and then he'd say, well, he's going to be the starter. you got to know by then, and the players would. You've been through you know, all these padded practices that are coming up. You've been through a couple scrimmages. They'll know. So if it's relatively close, you can go to McKenzie. But if it's, you know, if Jordan is blowing him out of the water, everything, scrimmages and, and regular Tuesday practices, then Mike's got a, a tough decision on his hands. I just don't know that it's going to get to that point. The whole thing is, I think, contingent on the scrimmages. I don't think it's the stuff that happens in between those scrimmages. I think it's the scrimmages. I think the the most game-like scenarios that you put them in, who performs the best, who's most consistent, who's most accurate, who avoids the disastrous play, uh, who can obviously keep the offense ahead of the chains in rhythm. And, you know, I, I to me that's going to be McKenzie Milton. Maybe I'm wrong. I've already said this week that I'm very impressed with how far Jordan Travis has come. He's a long way from where he was at a year ago. He's a better passer a better thrower than he was. I don't know that that's going to be good enough, but it does mean that in the future, quarterback battles will be legit. It does mean that when this year ends, let's say, if McKenzie Milton is indeed the starter, when you go into next year, when A.J. Duffy's here, and then you already have all that you have on the roster, like the quarterback room is is nice. I mean, it's not elite, right? but it's it's nice. It's it, The competition that they're seeking to create, you have it in that room. You have it in that room, finally. I think you could say that about a lot of positions. Now, you talked about secondary yesterday as the one that you would list far and away as the most talented position that we have on the roster. But I think if you look at a lot of the other position groups, you've got a piece or two at minimum that you like. Running back, receiver, brought it up yesterday. Keyshawn Helton can be good. We'll see what Parchment is. McLean looks like he'll be one of the young guys who develops more quickly than others. It's the hardest thing in the world to count on a freshman receiver, but if you're going to do that, if they're going to play a significant role, they have to be early in rollees. Typically, he was. He had a good spring. He's having a good fall camp right now. He has looked the part. Now, again, traditionally, freshman wide receivers do not come in and light the world on fire, but he'll play a role. I love his body type. I love his – he competes for the ball in the air. We don't have enough guys who do that, Correct. by the way. Yes. He does a good job with that. I think his upside is dramatic. I think he's going to be a really good player in a year or two, and I think he fills a role this year without question. I really, really, really get excited talking about him because of all that group that came in, that's the guy. That's the one that I circle more than all of the rest. We're looking for depth, and that's how you build a, a real winning program is you have a two-deep where if somebody goes down, it, the, the guy who steps in for 10 reps or 15 reps is more than adequate. We're, we're not there yet, but I don't think we're devoid of some kind of answers at any position except for the, the two positions I'm really worried about. Traditional linebacker, stand-up linebacker, not your rush end. I know that's all a hybrid term these days. And maybe kicker? I don't know. Those are probably the two positions where I go, I'm not sure that even the starters we have an answer. But defensive tackle, I think at least at the starters group, you have some guys that you like. Rush end, defensive end, yes. Corner, yes. Safety, yes. Tight end, receiver, even the O-line to a degree, quarterback, running back. Yeah, I think you do. You just don't have the depth and you don't have game changers, but you have some nice pieces to put together. I really get so frustrated when I think that at a place like Florida State 
where the history of elite linebacker play goes back 40 years, that here we would sit and be caught in this conundrum where you just don't have a core of linebackers. I used to just set it and forget it with linebackers. At Florida State, forget about it. They've got linebackers for days. That was the whole thing. Like, let's look elsewhere for problems. And now it's the place I, well, I dare say it's the place I start ahead of offensive line. Now, we said it yesterday, maybe Amari Gaynor has the kind of year that we're all counting on, and maybe he does, and and that would change things. We need him to stay healthy. We need him to understand his role and really play with a freedom and sort of a a, a tenacity and a ferocity that we haven't seen from him, partly because, again, he was asked to do a lot of different things and didn't quite understand, you know, game in and game out what we wanted him to do. We moved him around so much. Yeah, that's (laughs) – and we didn't move him close to the line of scrimmage. That was last year's issue. I get what they're trying to do now. They're get, trying to get him on the field as much as possible, which is good policy. The thing that drove me nuts last season with Amari was he'd end up in the slot and defending a slot receiver or a tight end or something, and it's like, man, anybody can defend a hook zone. Well, we can't in general, but most <laughs> position players can. A lot of teams can. With our roster last year, not a lot of guys can affect the passer. It looks like Amari's got at least a knack for being able to do that. Is it a one-trick pony type deal? Sure, but we don't have anybody else who knows that trick, so let's put him there. This year, he's going to be asked to do a hell of a lot more. And again, with him and Steven Dix Jr., they look the part, but they've got to play the part a little bit, and that's that gets tough because if you can't and if they don't, then what do you do? Do you flex Travis Jay up closer to the line of scrimmage or Jamie okay, Robinson closer okay. up to the line well, of scrimmage? Get excited about Travis Jay, who's been really good in camp and is showing the explosiveness that he was dubbed to have. A guy that, you know, at one time I talked about maybe letting him play some wide receiver as well. He is a dynamic athlete, one of the two or three best athletes on this team. I, You know, that's a guy that I think you've got to find a way to utilize all of that skill set. And if you've got to move him around to be the playmaker, I think he is, and I think he's going to have a big year, then then do it. Yes, he'd be my choice if something fails in that regard. Yeah, I mean, listen, you've seen more practices than I have, but the one practice I saw was was enough to satiate me for about a week. We'll see after the scrimmage how the, the depth chart shuffles around and stuff, but Travis J, when you get into the individual drills and you're and you're watching him mark a receiver, and I get that we don't have Randy Moss on this team or Peter Warwick or Lavernius Coles, anybody like that, still, when you watch him stride for stride, oh, he engulfs yeah. the receiver. He engulfs the target. And around the line of scrimmage, he can bring it too. And you that, that continues the trend from the spring. I don't know if you mentioned that or not today, but in the spring, you heard really good things that, hey, this has been a good camp for Travis Jay. We're glad to get him out here. We like what we're seeing. It's going to parlay into a, a player for us in the fall. I mean, there were fundamental questions entering spring ball. Is he? Where is he going to play? Is he, is he actually a good player on defense, or is he an athlete without a home? It seems like they're finding a home for him. A lot of snaps. The depth chart of the secondary gets me excited. I probably am a broken record when it comes to that. I feel like they have versatility, to your point. I feel like they can move a lot of different guys around. They have some experience there I've been very impressed I really at the end of last year with all that would happen I kind of thought well I guess Miko Dustin's never going to be anything he's had a real good camp so you know again it's early scrimmage tomorrow scrimmage tomorrow I think will end up telling us a lot I don't know how revelatory or how open and honest coach Norbert, and I don't mean this as in I mean coaches this isn't lying or hiding things but coaches don't want to give away everybody's secrets who played poorly who played great they're, you know, they're going to work on things. They'll send some messages through the press, but I don't know how much 
he's going to be willing to expound on what they see in a first scrimmage. And given that the media does not have access to it or we're supposedly banned from it, uh, you know, I don't know what we're going to glean. Now, everybody's got sources. I've got sources. We all do. We'll put in those calls for the people that are out there seeing this scrimmage. But I'd much rather lay eyes on it and get a sense. Well, we'll see what the tropical storm does on Sunday into Monday. But when we get back out to practice, the access we have. Now, we can't talk about depth chart things and, and where they're experimenting, guys. That That's part of what we are not allowed to tell on a day-to-day -day basis. But we'll know it. We'll see the first two practices coming out of the scrimmage. Who's with the ones? Who's with the twos? Because that would give you a pretty good indication. It's not seeing the scrimmage with our own eyes, but it would give you a pretty good indication of when they graded film who stood out Saturday evening, right? Very much so. And I am only hoping that we knock on what, like, for example, and I hate to say this and throw it out into the ether, but we know what football is. Game of attrition. You've got to find a way to stay healthy. Already, look, Gainesville. You got a projected starter in Jaden Hill. He's going to miss the entire season, torn his ACL. Is he that is, so? Yeah, I know you're upset, uh, but we don't root for anybody. I don't to, root yeah, for I, injuries. I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, he tore his ACL. Uh, he's out for the season. He was going to be a starter. Uh, that's that's a that's a brutal set of circumstances. If you look around the country, you know this is what you're all doing now as football fans. We're all watching. Listen, it's cruel, but it's true. You're looking at Miami. You're looking at Florida. You're looking at all the teams we play on our schedule. They're looking at us too. Everybody is. Who'd you lose? Not that anybody's rooting for guys to go down and tear an ACL, but it does happen, and it does affect teams' depth and talent, and it does affect the way you project and look at the season. And right now, given that we're on the eve of the first scrimmage, all I can do upon reading those stories, and I've looked at them for all the Power Fives and everybody else, is hold my breath, man. Just get through tomorrow where we're not having to come on on Monday and talk about anything terrible. I mean, knock on wood, obviously. We had a commenter ask a, a little bit ago about the Florida game in particular, and that's so far away, and we'll see what these programs yeah. become by then. But would you categorize it as Clemson-level issues? Would you categorize it as Miami-level issues that we're going to have with Florida? Because they did lose a lot. Okay, well, I don't love... Like, Clemson is unwinnable at this point, right? Short of seven fumbles or something along those lines. Yeah, Clemson you know, would have to really just A game play traditionally over. you can't win. Is Florida at that level? I mean, they're not recruiting that great, are they? So, and Emory, is it Emory Jones is going to be Emory the quarterback? Emory Jones. I mean, I, well, I, I did, I kind of had my own preview. I was a bit of a geek here. I, uh, last weekend I was kind of going through and looking at the teams, mainly on our schedule, and I got to Florida and I kind of jotted my concerns uh, when I, uh, Kyle Trask is a big, big, big loss yeah, for them. Right. That's a massive loss for them. And Emory Jones is a different quarterback. He's not going to sit back there and throw the ball around the way Kyle Trask did. So that's a huge loss. He, uh, you know, his ability to run the ball might help what was a pretty sorry Florida defense. So when I look at them, you know, he, he, they're going to get it done a different way. The problem is right. for, for for all the, the the problems that Dan Mullen has, such as being the biggest doofus to ever walk the planet. He's a really good offensive mind, and oh, yeah. he does wonders with quarterbacks. He's easy to laugh at. He looks ridiculous. Once a year he says or does something that's absolutely absurd, but he can coach an offense, and he can coach a quarterback, and he can adapt his offense to their skill set. But Emory Jones is going to have to run around some, certainly more than Kyle Trask. It could help their defense. The thing I don't like about Florida is that, and I think they're an eight and four team, a nine and three type team. Oh, there you go. That's okay. what I think All they right. are. Uh, if you were going to look at their schedule, and I'm only answering the question here about our game against them, look, 
that's so far off. I got to see where we're at defensively. I got to see where we're at on this offensive line. I got to see who's healthy by the time we get down there. Uh, but but bottom line is Florida's schedule helps them out a lot. They're not going to win the East. Georgia's going to win the East. That's a foregone conclusion. I'm not even sure Florida will finish second, maybe. But I can get into this. I'll just say this. They're home against Bama early, and you got a new quarterback at Alabama. Now, the skill of that and the talent of that team should go win that game. But I am saying, if you're You've been on this since three, four months ago when the Lions first came out. I got 19 points at home. 19 points at home. Mm-hmm. They've if, got no no Tony, no Trask, best tight end in college football in some time. Nope, he's gone listen, too. Listen, I just got done telling you I think they're an 8-4 team. I'm saying I just like the 19 points at home. That's the carryover bet. We had that on the big board yeah, back at the old yeah, place. carry it over. Yeah, I've right. got it. I'm going to win that bet. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope Bama beats them by 105. The bottom line is, so I, they get Bama at home, so that's your toughest game, but you're, you played at home. But they're at Kentucky. Hey, now, Mark Stoops, I'm looking at you. They're at LSU. Of course, Georgia's Georgia. And then very late in the year, very sneakily, they've got a road game against Mizzou. Okay. I could see Mizzou beating them. You could. I could. You've done some research on Mizzou, have you? I've done a little bit. Yeah, I can tell. I I can tell. (laughs) You don't want to play poker with me. I can tell when you got cards. I like that. Mizzou's one of the teams you've circled, isn't it? I like that game a little uh bit. I like uh that game a little bit. I'm just saying. So that's an 8-4 and team. Tough year for Florida. Summer of moral life at Orange Theory Fitness. Yes, it is. First class is always free. If you're a new member, first month free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor. That's a great deal. By the way, if you're an active member as well, if you refer a friend, or if you upgrade in August and September, you'll receive discounted membership prices over the next three months. If you're uh, a member but you're not active currently, you were thinking about going back, now's the time to do that. Unfreeze your account, get back in there, get to working out. I ran my butt off this morning. It was it feels good. Feels good. I gotta tell you that. Sign back up, unfreeze that account, and you get a huge discount membership for the next three months as well. So it's the summer of more life. If you've been thinking about Orange Theory Fitness, go check it out now, orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Live Nation's Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Thanks for joining at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Like and subscribe. Pound that like button, baby. That's right. I guess I can repurpose that uh, Scott Van, Van Pelt, Pelt clip. Yeah, pound it. Jinx. Uh, we have a guest here. Well, we have a comment here that I'm going to read because, okay, we've got random beeping. Going. I have no there idea. There is crazy beeping <laughs> happening here. Beep, 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 beep. With the beep, beep. Jalen writes, we're beating Notre Dame, Miami, Florida, Clemson. I got $100 in non-perishable items to say we do. <laughs> That's in reference if you're new to the show and soon you'll be introduced to Redemption Thursdays. I'll give you my 10 games. You can wager it. We'll put it up on the Facebook page, and you guys can weigh in. Or I'll give you an email that you can send in the picks. And then we donate non-perishable food items in the head-to-head wagers because I can't bet you cash. It's illegal, or I would. Uh, but we, we bet uh, non-perishable food items, and we give them to charity. We give them to – there's a lot of places. Uh, I always – it's on the honor system, basically, if you're going to – if you're going to participate with what we do, just find uh, a charity of your choice, somebody you feel good about, and maybe that you've researched and you know do good work and that the food's going to get to the right places. And there are a number of them over the years that I have discovered. Now, when we do this in earnest, starting Redemption Thursday, the opening weekend of the season that week, 
I will lay out some of those charities that I've donated to in the past and maybe to give you an idea because some people say, I, I don't know where, I don't know where to go. And I've got a list of at least four or five that I could tell you about that I know that I know for a fact do great work and that help out the community. I look forward to those Redemption Thursday wagers because then we have the side tall boy wagers, which we'll get into. That that's not for tall boy donations to the shelters. That's just for you and me. And then it also sets <laughs> the stage. We're donating tall boys no, but to the shelters. A, it's a pivot point in the week too because yeah. then we get ready for Lee Sterling and also the NFL picks where you go head to head with your mom who was the champion last year. First time in uh, like 11 years, 12 years, whatever it's been. Yeah, she she clipped me. NFL was weird last year. I told her this year we were going to do it differently, though. This year uh, we're going to go ahead and use the the lines. I was going to introduce her to what it means to be a big boy gambler. Oh, that's right. She's mm-hmm. graduated to the uh, – yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff's got to go make sure that he's got all his wagers in line with the points. Advantage back to the host. I don't know how that's an advantage. I mean, we see that it's hard to make a living out here betting football. We are in the super contest, but typically you're right around the juice level, if not better. Uh, A lot of debate on the chat about play calling, and John makes a good point. Play calling is different here than at Memphis, if you're alluding to Norvell's offenses at Memphis, because the offense is being structured to mitigate personnel deficiencies. Norvell has always adjusted scheme to personnel. 100% correct, John. Great observation. They can't run what they ran at Memphis. They don't have the talent to run what they ran at Memphis, but they didn't run any one thing other than a lot of smash concepts. Uh, There was no one thing that they ran because they've had mobile quarterbacks and they've had statues at quarterback, and they're going to run the offense according to what they have and what the personnel is. So that's one of the things I like most about Norvell in general in terms of his philosophy, his offensive philosophy, and in Dillingham for that matter. they'll, They'll adjust to who they have. So, you know, on the one hand, in a rebuild, it's not fair to say you can't judge any aspect of what they're doing because they're quote-unquote rebuilding. I, you know, I get that. People, fans get frustrated very quickly when you throw out the caveat incessantly that you can't judge them for what happened last year. you got to understand that this year is really year one, and they don't have the personnel to do some of the things that they want to do. And the response, the retort might be from a fan, well, what can we judge them on, Jeff? What exactly are we assessing here if you're going to give them a pass on all these other things? And you're right. There are aspects of what they do that you can be critical of and that you can assess and wonder about. But I don't think you can make a sweeping judgment just yet, certainly not in what I think is the true year one. I just think that you can certainly have your spidey senses awakened. Two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you. There's a lot of that. I will tell you this. Despite my affinity for Adam Fuller, the man, and what he seems to be as a, as a, as a father and a husband and everything else, if that defense can't get stops and they look uncoordinated again this year, yeah, man, I'm going to have a real hard time not bringing that up hourly. I'm going to point out that we don't get stops and guys don't know what they're doing. That's problematic. Yes, you can assess that. We mentioned it before, but I think one thing to watch this year would be once the script is off, can we look somewhat cogent on offense? Can we look productive on offense? Wouldn't that be a fair thing to look for this year? It's not to judge them and say that they can't do the job or they won't do the job, but that was one thing that stuck out consistently last year in year zero was after the first 15 plays, first drive, maybe sometimes the first quarter, you could tell when they ran out of the prep stuff and they got into the -the on-the-fly stuff. 
that's got to be better this year, right? Isn't that a fair thing that you could criticize if it's not? It will 100%. Yes, without question. And 100% will be better this year. I, I, the problem, when you feature an offense in which, in essence, you're asking your quarterback to be the sole playmaker and he has to run it and throw it and everything is about him, and it's pretty damn easy to defend outside of when he shakes you in a phone booth. And sometimes he did, and it created big plays. He bought time. A lot of these things happened, though. They were non-traditional splash plays. They're sort of these moments where a quarterback made a guy miss. The call in and of itself wasn't the reason for the success. It was that that kid did something really special because he is pretty special as an athlete. But that really wasn't an offense. Like, you can't just go into a game. This is not peewee football where you can go into a game and say, I got the best kid on the field, and he's just going to run around. As you get through the higher rankings in football, that goes away. I'm not saying that guys like Lamar Jackson don't exist, but you can't call plays where you just go, okay, well, this may or may not work. Take off and make something happen. <laughs> you get yeah, pretty they, easy to defend. They do exist, and you know their name because they're so rare. That, that's, that's how often you'll find a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And we had one in Dalvin Cook who masked issues on our own offense when we were coming out of 29 straight wins. He was the reason that we didn't pull the alarms or sound the alarms much sooner. Because we had one. Ryan asks, if we're looking at 5-7, and seven, what are the chances guys like Jermaine Johnson and Kerr Thomas shut it down after the Miami game if they have good numbers? I don't see either of them playing in a uh, blowout. Uh, l- l- let me say this. Are you saying bowl? I think. Or a bowl. Sorry, yeah. Uh, l- let me say this. I don't know about a bowl, but Jermaine Johnson isn't shutting anything down. If you need to know about Jermaine Johnson... You have to understand that kid could have gone virtually anywhere, and he chose to come here. And one of the reasons that he did was he accepted the leadership role that was asked of him by Mike Norvell. I have spoken to Jermaine Johnson at length. He's one of the most impressive kids on the football team, physically and mentally. This is a kid that is mature beyond his years. It's a kid that understands what is being asked of him is not just about athletic prowess of which he has a ton. It is also about showing the other guys how to be a professional, for lack of a better term, in a weird way. I know it's college football, but how to prepare, how to be locked in on a day-to-day basis, how to physically and mentally be ready to go every time your number is called, whether or not you're winning football games or losing football games. Those guys are special, especially at the college ranks, where a lot of guys do, in fact, shut it down if things aren't going well. But that's not who he is. This is a guy that gets it. And that's another credit to Mike Norvell, who, when he brought him over and said, you know, we want you, obviously, you're going to pursue a guy like that because you had no pass rush, said, listen, I'm I'm not going to blow smoke. I'm not telling you we're winning 10 games. And I need you physically. You're the kind of guy to come here and start right away and get pressure on the quarterback for us. But I need you to be a reason that we turn this around. You teach kids how to to prepare, how to practice, how to be a, a good teammate, and how to be mentally and physically engaged at all, at all costs. Yeah, I think if there was a shutdown of any kind for a player like Jermaine Johnson, specifically him, I, we haven't talked too much to Keir Thomas, at least I haven't, so I don't I don't know for reference. Uh, I think it would be from the coaching staff side to say, you've done enough. You know, you're good, man. If you want to, go ahead. But I, I don't think he would initiate that conversation. He just doesn't seem wired that way. He really has embraced the opportunity here to be more than just a football player looking to get a paycheck next year. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that kid's in it. He's he's working hard, and he's a 
He's a great kid. That's all I'll say. He is a great kid. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you watched last night, you saw Taylor Heineke again, and I don't know if it made you go, there's that guy, but he looked like butt last night, and it reminded me of how great he looked against us. I was like, what is this guy doing? He was the highest-rated passer for the weekend across the sport, across the NFL. They played four games. He was the best player. And it was against that Bucks defense that wasn't bad. Made Aaron Rodgers look pretty damn sorry in the second half of that, that game. That defense was dominant. They gave up nine points to the Chiefs. That's what I'm saying. So Heineke just had a game for the ages. Maybe he's January Heineke. Maybe that's his thing. <laughs> I don't I, – I think what's frustrating, is, once again, that's the kind of thing that – it's a microcosm. It just shows you just how difficult it can be to win a championship because you run into the wrong guy at the wrong time who's playing way above his head. He's treeing, as I like to say, especially if he's mobile, which he was and is. You're like, well, what, what are we doing here? You could make that play again if your life depended on it. Frustrating. Very, very frustrating. But it happened. What are you ready to hit? Oh, I was not ready to hit anything. I thought you were about ready to hit the weekend, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like you were queuing up something. I was thinking to myself, what no, the world? So what I did was I'm still learning this new board. I, I turned off the one source that gave us the boop, boop, boop. Last time, boop, the rogue boop, beeps. Boop, boop, like, boop, no more boop. rogue beeps. I'm just turning that off. All right. No. Let's go back to some questions because there have been a few. Um, yeah. By the way, John, you're right. You've had plenty of uh, comments here today that are absolutely perfect. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll summarize some of the, your comments. Bottom line is when we watched this team this year and we watched them last year, this is true. Like you could take the best coach in the world and you might see signs of their innovation. You might see signs that they're getting more out of less. That, that obviously, there, there have been coaches over the years that we've praised pretty consistently who did that. One up at Wake Forest. Yeah. Grobe was great. I mean, he, he did a lot with very little. And eventually, and he created a system by which and he was afforded time to do this, where you redshirted everybody when they came in, and by the time they really played big minutes for you and a lot of, a lot of snaps, they were basically – redshirt seniors you had those teams that you would run into at wake that were kind of a problem because everybody there had played a lot of football going into that final year and they actually developed players really well too under grobe back in the day the point is most of the time those kinds of programs are subject to huge swings in their totals they'll have a senior laden team they'll go out and win nine games you're like look at that jim grobe the next year they go four and eight you know, and you're thinking, oh, because they're reloading, they're restarting, they don't have the depth of talent to do it. Most coaches, no matter how elite or what their acumen is, you put them in a situation where the personnel is lacking. Because remember, football, again, is the ultimate team game, I know. But it's also bigger, stronger, faster. And if I am bigger, stronger, faster, my 11 or my 22 are bigger, stronger, faster than your 22 – I'm going to beat you, and I'm going to line up and tell you what I'm doing, and I'm going to beat you. I mean, the Florida State teams of yesteryear were not complicated. Mickey Andrews did not run a complicated defense. It was a whole lot of get you some of this. I'm better than you, and my guys are going to win the one-on-one matchups. I don't have to trick you at all. Those great Miami teams, same defense every year. Your standard cover two. 
they ran that basically over and over and over again. And it was sort of like, you know what? I got Sean Taylor. I got Ed Reed. I got pros at every position. I'm going to beat you. So bigger, stronger, faster still plays the biggest role in this game. Now, once you start getting somewhere in the proximity of equal, that coaching acumen, that finger on the pulse, the play calling, all that stuff can take hold. Upsets can happen. You can win games maybe you shouldn't. But when the when it's disparate, when you just don't have the personnel necessary to execute what you'd like to run, whatever your philosophy is, man, you can't just make it happen. And so I hear people will say, well, you know, we didn't do this or we didn't do that. A lot of it is we don't have guys to do this or that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't put them in the best position to succeed or understand certainly what their skill set is and don't ask them to do more than they can do. Yes, that's all true. But if you're limited, you're limited. So and Mike, right now we're trying to overcome that by raising the floor. Yeah, there are halves who can beat you with bigger, stronger, faster. We are not one of those halves at this present time in our program's history. So with that said, scrimmage tomorrow, and then we'll be back with access to practice next week. What exactly are you looking for? Because we know that there are certain teams on the schedule that that's going to just be the way it is. Clemson is chief amongst them. Right? Well, I think the defensive line will dominate the offensive line in tomorrow's scrimmage. They already have dominated this entire uh, set of practices early on. Defense is always ahead of office. I think it's going to make it problematic. You're not going to learn a ton if the kind of disruption levels are as high as they were uh, two days ago at practice that I was at. Well, then you can't get anything done unless you account for that and then you know the coaches kind of prearrange ahead of time, hey, we're going to put our guys in a position to where they can succeed here. We're going to set it up. Now, sometimes you do that in order to garner some confidence. You know, you'll purposely call something that gives the offense an opportunity, meaning as a defense, Norvell will tell Fuller, look, I need to, I need to have some success here. We're going to do this, this, and this. Give us, give us a look that gives us a chance, you know. And, and, and I don't know how much of that they'll do. We'll see. But bottom line is I expect that defensive line to dominate because I think that first group is good. I and agree. I, I think yeah. that first group is good across the board. Yep. From end to end, I think that first group is pretty good. Uh, not elite, but pretty good. But better than last year. Oh, Even though on yes. paper last year should have been better, it wasn't. No, right? I think that first group is pretty good. I think when you get beyond that, you start running into some real questions. They're not, they're not incredibly deep, no. Here's a basic question for you. At what positions are we better this year than last year? What positions are we better what at? What segment groups? That's, that's a better way of putting it. What, what segment groups? Are we better this year than last year? Defensive line, right? You would say across the board? Defensive line will be better. I like, I'm telling you, I think because the defensive line is better, you'll be able to showcase the skill that you have in the defensive backfield okay. because they're not going to be asked to cover people for eight seconds that, at a time. We're not better at linebacker. We're, we weren't good at linebacker last year. We're not good at linebacker this year. Uh, we're... Uh, Quarterback has to be better, Well, right? of course, You've yeah, because you, add, you added McKenzie. But you don't have an elite group at wide receiver. You know, Tamorian Terry, in hindsight, hindsight was terrible and then shut it down and was kind of a cancer. So, you know, maybe addition by subtraction there, you, you get you get this group a little bit better, especially if uh, Malik and some of these other guys emerge and play pretty well. Also, Parchment. Has to be a bit of a home run threat for you because I'm looking out there right now and I'm not real sure you have anybody to stretch the field out wide. I do think, as I said yesterday, that you're going to get, on the whole, three or four receivers that play pretty consistently well. I mean, uh, Pokey's going to play pretty well. I think that's true. 
Um, Keyshawn Helton is healthy and looks explosive again. That's good to see. You've added Parchment. Now, Parchment was wildly inconsistent. When you go back and watch him at Kansas, it's hard to get a gauge. Kansas is weird. But he wasn't a dominant player. I don't need him to be a dominant player. I do need him to showcase and flash some real speed here. Okay, pivot to tight end. We're much better there because we have Wilson much back. Better. You're better. I mean, tight end is a, a, that grouping is. Well, it hinges on Wilson's health, but I mean that changes the versatility of everything about. He's that a blocker. Position. He's a very good blocker. He's a big, strong guy. He will help you in the run game. Yes, yeah, it opens up pages of your playbook that you couldn't even look at last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Running back, better right because Corbin's healthy. Um. Toa Feely is he's got what he has, which is home run ability. Treshawn Ward's on scholarship now. He's nice as okay. a pass catcher he's out of okay. the backfield. And then DJ Williams, who can move the pile a little bit. He's, uh, DJ Williams looks like he's in shape finally. Uh, that's good because he wasn't. Yeah, uh, that's correct. I would say, though, that I'm still frustrated that the Damian Webb is, is gone. And, and that one hurt, man. That, man, it really, really pisses me off, frankly. He, within two weeks, you, you could just tell. This is going to be the guy. You're ah. looking for people. Who do I want to watch? LaDamian Webb was an easy one to watch. Very frustrating. Come back and wrap it up momentarily here on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply that's the friday music everybody that's what the hell that is that is the friday music that's the reason you get excited you loosey-goosey libations friday hey uh shout out to our friends at Garnet and Gold. Got the shirts coming our way for the big celebration, the big event. That's August the or September the 4th, right? That's it. Yes, Nailed September it. The 4th. Yeah. Libations Fest. We're going to be hitting those promos really hard the next few weeks. But um, we're back, everybody. It'll be the Saturday before we kick off against Notre Dame. Start around 2 o'clock. Your uh, usual gifts for showing up are going to be there. Shirts included because of our friends at Garnet and Gold. Thanks to Eric and Tara. For uh, helping us get that all set up. Yeah, absolutely. We always appreciate them. Great people. Been with them off and on for a long, long time. Uh, really quickly, we got time for probables. If you would, cue it up and I'll tell you who it's brought to you by. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll save your company money and headaches today head to northfloridapayroll.com and away we go reds phillies tyler mall zach wheeler brewers buckos brett anderson well i'll tell you what mitch keller you have been garbage Three and nine with a seven oh six. The Keller family. Former Pirate Charlie Morton going to start for the Braves. Nationals undetermined. 
Orioles, Red Sox, Spencer Watkins, Nick Pavetta. We got Indians, Tigers, Zach Plesak, Tyler Alexander. Ooh, Tommy. Dodgers coming to town, buddy. Yeah, so we play 13 straight games against the Dodgers and the Giants. It's a tough 13 in a row. Tough run. Yeah. What a chance to make a run. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they go 6-7 six and seven or 7-6, seven and six, yeah. we're going to the playoffs, baby. We're going to win the division. Dodgers match Julio Furious. They won't, And though. Tyler McGill. No, they won't. Uh, Cubs, Marlins. Ad Burke. Ad Burke Jesus Lazardo. Good matchup. A's Rangers, Cole Irvin, Dan Dunning. Cole Irvin, Dan Dunning. Here to sell you some pins. Cardinals Royals, Jack Flaherty and Mike Miner. That's all you brought? Pens? Pins. We've got the best pins. Test them out. What a pin. Rays Twins, Shane McClanahan. McClanahan, what you doing? Nothing. Keep it that way. Michael Pineda. Pineda, as his family calls him. Goes for the Twins. Astros, Angels, Zach Grinky, Patrick Sandoval, Padres, D-backs, Blake Snell. Been a bit of a disappointment. Madison Bumgarner going for the D-backs. Rockies, Giants, Austin Gomber, Anthony DiScalfini. Blue Jays, Mariners, Robbie Ray. Hey, first one. Yeah, there you go, buddy. And great name, Chris Flexen. Oh, yeah. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Well, he gets it there for a studio. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not terrible. Not terrible. It's the only one you found out of all of the garbage that we had to do. <laughs> it's, like, it's really the only one. We're like, eh, all right. All right. 2,500 tracks. And I told you, I, I only found three that are like maybe, and this one is a yes. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I do. I appreciate that. Uh, one final thing here as a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube TV, first of all, thank you very, very much. Do us a solid, and remember to hit the thumbs up and subscribe to WarChant TV. Likes on our videos help us a lot. It spreads the word uh, to other Seminole fans and fans of great radio, frankly. Uh, looking for quality content, subscribing to WarChant TV is completely free. Hit the little bell, right? That's right. You hit subscribe, then a bell appears, and every time we go live and we've got new content. And, man, we've got all kinds of stuff. I recorded a video last night with Corey Clark because he penned a column talking about give Bobby his wins back. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a long time, but it's the Baylor ruling that made him want to do it once more. So we got all kinds of crazy stuff that comes up. I have wondered over the years whether or not they would ever do it. It's just absolutely absurd that they took them to begin with, given the circumstances, given that that class was available to everybody, not just athletes. The absurdity of it all is that we've watched other programs commit far more grievous uh, errors and and transgressions uh, only to not be penalized right. in any way, shape, or form. Right. The NCAA, it was always kind of willy-nilly. You read this earlier in the week, but they say about Baylor, what do you want us to do? It's kind of out of our lane. Yeah. Then they the took NCAA to the rest of America. Now, we understand they swept under the rug sexual assault repeatedly by their athletes, but it's just not, there's nothing we can do. Our hands are tied. What do you want me to do? Our hands are tied. Oh, my God. Some kids took a music class in which there was an overzealous tutor, gave them the answers. Take those damn wins. Or how about North Carolina with the decades of creating oh, fake sections? And the reason they didn't forget sanction about them it. is because that anybody could have taken that class. Like, that's <laughs> that's incredible. I know. I know. But sure, keep Bobby's 12. 
It's not even like we had 20 in that time. Give them the 12 back. It was two full seasons. I want it back, but it would have been nice if they had done that while the man was still here. Absolutely. But Florida State should always just include it in anything they produce, in the record book, in anything that you pick up, any of the any of the literature. It should read the proper total. Just ignore. The NCAA is going to cease to exist soon enough anyhow. So oh, just, yeah. just do that. Just be done with it. It's ridiculous. Hey, uh, if you're watching, thank you so much. We sign off. You won't hear the music. It's good music, but the local people will, and that's See a good thing. See you, TV. Good job, Matthew. Great job, Tom. Matthew was only good today, but Tom was excellent. You try to pit us against each other? <laughs> this is a tactic. He uses that on the boys. Uh, be well, gang. Have a great weekend. Be good to one another. Talk to you on Monday. I can't wait.